to the heavenly realms. The 24 elders around the throne, the heavenly course. Word speaks about the church of the firstborn. We ascend and we join all the heavenly hosts and all of those that are ascending from earth to heaven. And that's why I said in the beginning, the Father, he can smell our aroma. Come on, we have a distinct aroma, a fragrance that's pleasing to him. Just read it in the scriptures. We're a fragrance before him. Our worship is fragrance. There's only one voice. So if you can't carry a tune, it doesn't make any difference. Because it's a blend. Amen? It's just a blend of one voice, one heart, one mind, and one spirit. Amen? Well, it's hard to transition from that, isn't it? But the word is just another expression of our worship. Amen? Hallelujah. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah, you can clap your hands. Hallelujah. It's been so wonderful. We are so, so fortunate that the Lord has blessed us with so many people that have the word that's within them, that ministers to the word. So you have so many different parts, the living members of the body of Christ, that then have the opportunity to bring expressions to each and every one of you. And if you could just imagine a tapestry on the wall, amen. See, this building is surely uh, sheetrock, and these happen to be metal beams on the sides. But you know what? There's a tapestry of the living stones, according to the word. And so every time you come to this house, the stone is added to the living sanctuary. Amen? It's alive and it's active. Amen. And so when you begin to see different parts that bring the word, what's so wonderful is, is that I see the word, I see your life, I see things that I bring before the Lord through my perception. And of course, we're one, but, <laughs> but wisdom by my side, I need that, as well as the prophetic. Amen. I remind you. She tells me all the time that. And the Lord always reminds me because I'm always humbled before that. Amen. But what's important for you to understand that anything that comes out of this setting should just affirm what's already inside of you. You should have had a week of the things that God has spoken to you in the Word, things that He's spoken to you personally, things that the Lord has shown you, hopefully practicing the words over these last months. You've been able to go beyond what you see in the natural, and you've been able to distinguish truth from a lie. We're getting better at it. Amen. And so every time there's a word that's brought here, it should resonate. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I was there. Because often you'll find people will confirm the scriptures or an event or something that God spoke to you personally. A visitation, a dream, right? Dreams come for instruction. So hang on, Val, because I want this to be for part of Kathy. So I want you just to really be sensitive to the move of the Spirit. And surely we're just vessels. But all of you have a seed inside of you. And what's the seed? Jesus Christ, and who is Jesus? The Word made flesh. Come on. So you have that seed inside of you, so all you have to do is surrender to it. Allow the Holy Spirit to activate it. I've said enough. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Welcome to everybody in the live stream world and across the nations, if you're tuning in this morning. We welcome you to the house of the Lord. I don't know how it is for you where you are, but there is a tremendous anointing. Uh, I don't know how it is in the back rows up here, but up here it's, it's just liquid, fresh oil, fresh oil this morning. And I'm 
so thankful for it, and I know that many of you have been crying out for that. God is taking us into a new place uh, in the realm of the Spirit, uh, and he's doing so many things. He did such a work in each one of your hearts here this morning, whether, whether you're aware of it or not. Life changed for you this morning, and wherever you are, life is changing. And uh, Pastor is always saying, things aren't as they appear. And so there's a change that's happened in you this morning. Um, I, I pray over God's word, and may it go forth, and may it be planted in your hearts in good soil. May it take root today, root, and may it bear the fruit of righteousness and truth. Amen? Thank you, Father, for your word. You know, um, I did have an opportunity to listen to the word that God brought to us last week. Um, again, I, I know that there were things that we, God wants us to be watchers. He wants us to be watching beyond what, how things appear. He wants us to see what's going on in the background by his hand. And as we come into the season, as we approach Passover, and some people in the world have gone out, and it's, you know, Ash Wednesday is behind us. Uh, in a few weeks, we will be celebrating uh, the Feast of Passover, and we'll be celebrating Easter and all the holy days that we uh, are accustomed to celebrating. And each of you will celebrate in your own way, in your own traditions. But I'm asking God for something fresh this year. I want something new. I need something new. I need more than I had last year or the year before. And old traditions aren't going to be enough for me this year. I want something fresh. I want him to speak to my heart and to speak to your hearts. Amen? Now, at the first of the year when January rolls around, I normally take an inventory. I try to take inventory of my heart. Um, some of us separate the high-calorie foods from the others. You know, we take inventory. Uh, but that goes into my heart, and I try to let the Lord look into this pantry, if you will, and see if anything snuck in that he doesn't want there, something I've been feeding on, something I've been partaking of. Amen? And so that's just something that I do. I think it's a great idea. We need to. And so as, as uh, they celebrated Passover, in times years before us. You know, some of us are thinking about spring cleaning. Maybe some of you eager beavers have already started spring cleaning or cleaning things out in your homes. I, I'll tell you, that is a tradition as old as time because they learned to do this because it was in God's law that they sweep out the leaven of their homes. How many of you know what leaven is? Leaven is yeast, like a yeast agent. If you were to make bread and not put yeast in, it would be flat as a pancake and hard. But if you put yeast in, just a teeny bit, you think you put all that flour in, cups and cups of flour and the ingredients. But it's just this tiny bit of yeast that makes that whole loaf rise and get big and expand. Now, we all love fresh bread out of the heaven, out of the oven, and I'm hoping we've got some fresh bread here today. 
from heaven that we can feast upon today. But this is a word about eating unleavened bread during the season of Passover. So what we, they would do is they would sweep their house, God told them. It was symbolic. It wasn't that that leaven was really going to do any harm to them. But he wanted them to be busy about looking for the least bit. Because Jesus said, a little bit of leaven rises the entire loaf, the lump of bread. In that sense, he was talking about leaven as something that we need to get out of our lives. Amen? Okay. So we are on the way. We are on the journey to Passover. Now, um, uh, this is also the year uh, of the mouth. We know the decade of the mouth. And so another place to take inventory is what's going on with your lips. What's going on with your mouth? Clean up your mouth. <laughs> uh, keep it from speaking negative things. Keep it from voicing fears. Keep it from saying things that's any, anything contrary to the word of God. If it doesn't line up, you know, get it out. Let's, let's take every thought captive. Let's clean up our minds. Uh, Pastor was reminding me today. I was, saying, I, I was saying some stuff that he was reminding me not to say. It was about myself. It was about myself. And he said, watch your words, watch your words. Okay. You know, and I was like, okay, Lord, nullify those words. He's right. So I also have wisdom at my side. Amen? Uh, as what he was saying. But um, so it's personal. Passover is personal. Every one of you came to the Passover experience personally. That sign says, Christ our Passover, Lamb. He is your Passover. That's how you came to Christ. The day you came to Christ and surrendered your life to him, he became the Passover Lamb, the blood that was shed for you. Salvation was your reward. Salvation and healing. So I have a question to ask you. How many of you want to enjoy life and see many happy days? Raise your hands. Wow. I, Chris, uh, how many of you want to have a happy life and see, you know? Okay. He was the only one. Okay. Hands. Amen. So I want to read you a scripture about that this morning in the Word of God. It's delightful. It's, a, it's found in 1 Peter 3.10. If you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Just let that settle on you. If you want to enjoy your life and you want to see many happy days, then let your tongue refrain from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Last week, the word was about the truth. What you see can betray you. I, 
I looked up uh, the scriptures on lying. This comes from the Lord, so I hope you enjoy it. Because <laughs> he has prepared a banqueting table for us. So we can eat truth today. And we can cast out the leaven of evil that operates in our lives. There are so many verses in the Bible. This is just a few. But there were 10 about not lying. There were 43 about lying and deceit. There were 50 on just the word lies, scriptures. And there were 59 on deception. I had a lot of reading to do this week. Uh, 152 altogether scriptures on the word about lying and deceit. So my question is, um, when did we start lying? When did we? I hope you're not uncomfortable. Just get, just adjust yourself. So, so when did we start lying? No, when did you start lying? Don't, don't, no, don't, don't make this abstract. Let me, let me get that. When did you? That's the question God's asking. When did you start lying? You started lying when you were a child. When you were a child. I know that my children just shock me, you know, teaching them the ways of the Lord and all the things. But, you know, they start lying. Nobody even, it seems like nobody had to teach them to lie. It's part of that Adamic nature. We started lying as children. Keep the door to truth open this morning. Don't close the door to truth this morning because God's here to set you free and give you many happy days and allow you to enjoy your life. It can change today. This isn't just a problem for the world, for the unsaved. Christians lie. Let's just get that out. I'm, I hope all of you, anybody that's tuned in new, I hope you really enjoy this word. But, but today God's here to speak truth to you that will set you free. For he is the way. He is the life. You want to be living. And he is the truth. Now, we started lying when we were children. And my kids, you know, when they were little, you know, they would shock me about the lies and the tales that they might tell me, thinking I would believe it. Right? Um, so I just want to say that... Uh, so, so let me tell you a little story. I was recently told. A, a young child, you know, everybody's doing Zoom teaching. Uh, so this is a young child, grown up in a Christian home, you know, good parents, good lifestyle, everything, you know, scriptures, they know the word, everything. And this uh, child had been doing his homework. They were only in Zoom during this season of time. And what they would do, every time they would have their homework assignment, they would finish it, 
they would then, they were supposed to p take a picture of the homework, the page that they did, and then they were supposed to, um, you know, send that in to their teacher on Zoom. And so <clears throat> um, this had been going on for five or six weeks. Um, the child would take a picture of the homework and send it to the teacher. And about six weeks of doing this, uh, the parents got a call. And it was the teacher. And, and the teacher was saying, I just want to check with you. I just want to make sure that your child is doing their homework. Because the pictures that I've been receiving, I'm not sure if it's the light reflection or what, but the pages seem and appear to be blank. So the parents go, I will certainly look into this right away. I just wanted to confirm. The teacher says, well, I'm just, I'm not saying that. I just want to confirm that your child is doing their homework and the, and the lessons. So they went to their child, and they said, your teacher called today about your homework for the past five or six weeks. And that child face revealed, revealed the deception that had been going on. Because a mother knows her kid, right? I won't belabor the conversation that was there, but I want to say when your child lies to you, the best approach is to try not to call them on it and shame them in front of people. Take them aside in private like God's doing for you today, <laughs> and speak to you about it. Amen? And uh, that's not always possible, but even with friends or people that you know, with your relationships, speak to them in private if at all possible, and then share with them what lying does and how that breaks down. Trust? Trust is a high-priced commodity. Wow, that's big. It costs a lot. And it, it's very expensive. And to shatter that in our relationships is so detrimental. So this child, in fact, had been taking, photo, cop, uh, taking pictures of blank pages and sending them in. And when the, parent, when the parent asked the child, well, what were you thinking? Did you think? What, what were you thinking when you did this, day after day? And when I asked you if your homework was done, you said yes, and you ran off to play video games or play. And the answer of truth was, I didn't think he'd ever find out. The child was no different than us. You see, this is, this is what we learned. We began to learn this as children. OK? So lying is an issue, and it's an issue for many people, including Christians. It's tempting to tell a lie if there's going to be a benefit in it for you. It's very tempting. But we must remember that sin will always have a negative effect on our lives. 
and we need we we never get away with deception why because god sees everything you're kidding yourself you're not just kidding yourself what are you doing you're not just telling lies to everybody else you're telling you're lying to yourself oh my gosh you're worried that no, you can't trust anybody else, but if you're lying to yourself, I'm here to tell you, you can't trust yourself if you're a liar. I know. Let me just use myself for an example. I really didn't plan on this, Lord. It's not in my notes. But I, I've always battled the weight all my life. So I had the scale. I had the scale for 20 years. The scale stopped telling me the true weight at 10 years. But I didn't want to get rid of the scale because it always weighed me 10 pounds less. Now, I knew that was the truth. Come on. Come on. I knew that was the gospel truth. I could, I could weigh on that at the doctor's office. It would be 10 pounds less. i get on the doctor's scale. It would be 10 pounds more. But I found comfort. I wanted to tell myself it was better than what it was. Come on. I was lying to myself. I was deceiving myself. Some of you are really shaking your heads. I mean, maybe you've got that same scale. I did get rid of it. <laughs> but do you know what we do? Deception is deception. There's not a different definition of it for that. I'm deceiving myself. Thou shalt not lie is one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not lie. What was the first lie recorded in the Bible? The first lie in the Bible is, quote, Genesis 3, 4. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. That's the first lie recorded in the Bible. Who spoke that lie? Into the realm. Satan. How many of you are multilingual? How many of you can speak more than one language? More than How many of you know a few words then even from another language? Let's open it up here. Now I got more hands. You know. Uh, adios. <laughs> Amigo. I know a few words of Spanish. Mi casa, mija. I know some Spanish, my California friends who are listening in. I know more than that. It all comes back to me when I visit California, where my, my birth home. But um, so I just want to say I want to read a scripture to you. Well, first I want to read Leviticus 19.11. It says, do not lie and do not deceive one another. That's pretty simple. I mean, that's not some big spiritual scripture you've got to try and understand. It's just do not lie and do not deceive one another. Think. 
In Proverbs 12.22, it says, The Lord detests lying lips, but delights in those who are trustworthy. Please don't leave. <laughs> I've got people running. No, no, they have chores to do. But this, some of you are multilingual. I would like to read the scripture that Jesus said. He said this to the Pharisees who were supposed to be trustworthy and know the word of God and without sin and righteous and high and mighty. And this is what Jesus had to say to them. He said, you belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. For there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Some of us have been speaking his native language. Because if you're lying, you're speaking his language. Just for you out there, it's really quiet here in this room right now. <laughs> I hope that seed goes into your heart and you hear this. I hope that from this day forward, when you start to tell a lie, or you just told one, you realize you were speaking the language of the father of lies himself, and you will start to deal with the language of lies in your life. Whether you're speaking them to yourself or to someone else, conviction comes by the Holy Spirit. This isn't me here. I'm not here with condemnation. I stand among you all. May he cleanse my lips and purify my heart. And may I never speak this language again in any way, in any shape, in any form. The Holy Spirit comes with conviction to your heart, so you'll run to him. We have all sinned, and we've all spoken the language of Satan. Come on. We will be tempted throughout our lives to speak it. But the Holy Spirit comes to convict, and the Holy Spirit comes to change our hearts. And John 1, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he's just and will forgive us our sins and he'll purify us from all unrighteousness. And that's where I want to be. Sometimes not speaking a word, I'm just hearing this in the spirit, Sometimes we withhold the truth and still live the lie. I'm 
That's not on this page of notes. That's what the Holy Spirit just spoke in my ear. Now I want to tell you this other story. So you can lighten up here a little bit. Stretch out so you can receive a little bit more before the day's over. There was a young woman. This is how easy it can happen. There was a young woman. She'd been friends with this guy. They'd been friends. They were both saying, we're not, we don't want to be in a relationship. You know, We just want to be friends. But during this friendship, she started having more feelings for this man. And, and you know, she was totally never going to get married again. You know, she had a lot of stuff happen in her life. She was never getting married again. But this man was just wonderful, and she was starting to fall in love with him. And he was called away on, like, a six-week business trip. And so they weren't going to see each other. And they, it was somewhere where he couldn't have contact with her. They couldn't even talk on the phone. So they weren't going to see each other for six weeks. Which, of course, she had many friends, women and, and uh, male friends as well. And uh, she went somewhere to a gathering of friends. And one of the men there took her aside. It was uh, just a friend. And he, he told her, he said, I want to marry you. I've loved you for a long time, and I want to marry you. Would you consider? Would you con ever consider marrying me? And she was shocked, and she said, um, I'm sorry, no, no, I'm, no, no, I can't marry you. And he persisted, and he said, well, why not? And she says, well, uh, be because I don't love you. And he says, well, my mother told me that when they got married, they weren't really in love. But she grew to love him. And I've heard from other people that you can grow into a love relationship with someone that you might not be madly in love. And, and she said, well, I'm sorry, but, but no. But he persisted, and he said, but I, I have my business set up. I'm financially straight. I can, I can build you the house of your dreams. You can have anything you want. I love you. Won't you just consider that? And she said, I'm sorry. I, I, my parents were madly in love, and I don't want to settle for anything else. And I'm, I'm not in love with you. You're, you're my friend. I don't think of you in that way. And he persisted, and he says, well, can't we go out for dinner? Can we just go out for dinner then as friends? Let's just have dinner or something. And she said, no, I, I really cannot do that. That would be misleading you. I don't care. We're friends. It's just friends. Let's just have dinner. And he says, well, you're not. He says, OK, you aren't engaged, are you? Are you in love with someone else? And she says, yes, I'm in love with someone else. And he says, oh. He said, well, who? And she told him. But she had never professed her love to the guy that's six, gone for six weeks. They'd never had this discussion of taking it to the next step. She was hoping that he might feel the same way she did. She says, yes, I'm in love, and I'm in love with him. And he goes, oh. Well, still, we can still go out for dinner just as friends. He says, it's not like you're engaged or anything. And so at the last minute, to try to get him to stop because she kept saying no, she says, well, yes, we are. We're engaged. 
he goes, oh, well, if you're engaged. She says, yes, yes, we've just been keeping it secret. We haven't told anyone yet. And I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't tell anyone. And the next week, so he quit persisting. She was like, phew. And the next week when she went to church, uh, right after church, three people came up to her and said, congratulations. He'd gone home, told his mother, and his mother told everyone that she was engaged to this young man. That is away for six weeks. Now, what is she going to do? Do you see how that lie, to try to keep him from persisting, she, she was like, I'm going to just, you know, it just grew heads. It grew hundreds of heads. And, and her family didn't ever, even know. So after church, one of her sisters came up and said, I can't believe you never told us. And everybody here at church seems to know about it. Okay? This is how a lie goes on. And she was worried, how is she going to tell him? Well, guess what? In a couple of weeks, she still hadn't known. She just was not sure how she was going to have to tell everybody. She's going to have to be humbled and say, I lied. It's not true. I mean, she might even have to stand before the whole church and say, look, I just there was some error here. Um, it's not true. We're not engaged. But before she could even do that and even tell her sisters, everybody's still believing she's engaged, he came home early. And, of course, when he got back, he met a few people before he saw her because it was going to be a surprise. So he didn't tell her he was coming. And they, two, two guys said, hey, man, congratulations. And he's like, congratulations? He says, yes. You and so-and-so are engaged. That's, like, amazing. You never told us. And he's like, oh, yeah, he didn't blow her cover at that point. But imagine that conversation. It could have destroyed any hope in the future. I just want to tell you that things were overcome, and they did get together in the end, just so you know. Because God intervened, because she wound up confessing her sins, not only to him, but to everybody else, including the man, young man that she lied to in the first place, and God orchestrated it and cleaned it up. But that's how easy a lie can come. Because it was easier than keeping and persisting and just walking away from that guy. She didn't want to hurt his feelings. She didn't want to hurt his feelings, but sometimes you just have to speak the truth. Some of you might say, well, he deserved it if he was that much of a... It isn't about judging it like that. She lied. So, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Proverbs 28, 13. Now, we're more than halfway through this message, but I have a question for you that God asked me to ask you. Is it ever okay to lie? Some of us have been processing this right where you're, right where you're here. You, you know, you're guilty. And you're like, but, you know, what if 
Hermine comes in with a new hat, and I think it's atrocious. And everybody else is, you know, telling her how much they love it. She, Hermine's my friend. You hear laughter here. But I, I'm not, it, it's not, like, it's not my style, okay? It's not, I, it's, I'm not grooving on this hat. Do you know what I'm saying? But what if she comes and asks me? Do you like my new hat, Kathy? Because everybody else has been telling her they like it. But I don't like it. Is it okay for me to just tell her, oh, yeah, I like it. It's nice. Is that okay? Well, let's see what the word tells us about is it ever okay to lie. First, I want to tell you that um, some of us talk about little white lies. That's a little white lie. But I just want to tell you that there's no such thing as a white lie. Because if it's a lie, it goes back to the native language of Satan. It says he's an angel of light. And so he might convince you that it's a little white lie. Like in that instance I just gave you, I could say, that's a little white lie. But it's not going to make any difference to her. But what is that going to do to me? Before I brought this word, God, the Holy Spirit, came to me to talk to me about truth and lies. I was asking him, why is it so hard for so many to receive the truth? Why is it so hard for so many to hear the truth? And he spoke to me, and he said, when you lie, you open up a door to the realm of the spirit of darkness. And as little as it is, or as big as it is, it still opens the same door. And with that, because you've lied with your lips, you've allowed something to happen to your heart. Because we believe with our heart. And he said it affects everything that we hear. That little thing starts to come in like the leaven. You hear me? It's like the little leaven that comes in. And before long, it takes a while for that, you got to beat it down. You know, you might notice something's happening and you put something rising up in you that isn't right and you're pushing it down. You're pushing that dough down again. And then it starts rising again. Because the leaven of lies, it will leaven and increase the size of the whole lump of you. It is darkness. And we must see this. We can't make friends with it. We can't give ourselves excuses. We can't surmise. You see, it's all that lying from our past that helps us give excuses to ourselves. And so today, we can get clean. Today, we can get deliverance. 
Today, we can let the Holy Spirit come in us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and not be plagued. And he said, it will affect your hearing. You will hear, you, you will hear more clearing. Hearing more clearly. And your relationships, you know, you may lie to a friend and they may not know you lied, but it affects your relationship. It affects the trust of a relationship, whether you know it or not. Satan knows what lying will do. It's not good. That's why God says you shall not lie. He doesn't tell us to not do things because he just arbitrarily decides that. He knows what it does fully in who we are, in our body, in our soul, in our spirit. So in the Word of God, Proverbs 6.16 says, a lying tongue and a false witness who pours out lies are two of the seven abominations that the Lord hates. That word hate is used. He hates lies. He hates you bearing false witness or telling a lie about someone else. You're, you're on the naughty list when you, when you, when you do that. There are two instances in the Bible where people, well, there's at least two that I found that I'm using for today, where they were lying, they lied and it produced a favorable result. Anybody think of one? One of the first ones was when Pharaoh told the midwives when he decreed that all the male children, two and under, would be slaughtered because he was concerned about this deliverer arising, this prophetic word, this type of Christ arising in their midst. And the Pharaoh decreed that all the male, that all the male Hebrew children would be killed. And he told all the midwives of the Hebrews to kill the infant if it was male. They lied to Pharaoh, and they didn't kill them. In fact, in that story, um, it resulted in the Lord's blessing on them. And they saved, who knows, thousands of children, little babies. The second instance is in Joshua 2.5. It was when they were going in and they crossed over the Jordan and they were going to take down uh, uh, the city there, the walls of Jericho, and they sent in two spies. And one of the prostitutes inside the walls saw them and recognized them. But she hid them and she let them in and she let them stay there. And when they came to her to see if they'd, she'd seen them, she said, no, I haven't seen anything. Well, I did see, but I think they went that way. That's what she told me. She says, I think they went over that way. 
you should go and pursue them that in that direction. When in fact she'd taken up and hit them up in the roof area of her home. We know that they did. The walls of Jericho came down. And God blessed Rahab. And they took her in. Those are two instances. So the question still remains. God didn't tell her to lie. God didn't tell the midwives to lie. Let's look at another illustration. How many of you know uh, Corrie ten Boom or have read any of her books? She was alive during uh, the Nazi occupation of Holland. And the Nazis were pursuing the Jews and looking for them to send them to the concentration camps. And her heart was broken about that. And she, God in her heart was to save them and to hide them and protect them. So she's hiding Jews in her home. And the Nazi soldiers come. This is her story. And they come and they knock on the door. And they ask her, do you know where any Jews are hiding in the neighborhood? Question. Should she say, yes, and they're in my basement? Or should she say, no, I don't know where any Jews are. We know the story. She told them, no, I've never seen any. I don't know anything about it. What should she do? Tell the truth or tell a lie? And deny she knows anything. Perhaps lying may be the only possible way to present, prevent a horrible evil. It may be acceptable. Similar to Rahab's lie. But I want to tell you here, in an evil world, in a desperate situation, the lesser evil may be the right thing in order to prevent a much greater evil. However, I'm just saying in these situations, nowhere, nowhere in the Bible does it say that it's okay to tell a lie? Nowhere does it say that. We have the absolute opposite of that. Right? Do not lie. But I am telling you, uh, we're just bringing it all out here in the open right now. So you don't go home and say, well, well the Lord blessed Rahab and the Lord blessed the midwives, and so I can tell that little lie. Well, I'm just saying, however, those situations are extremely rare. And the many people in the past history, as well as um, have never, and today, have never faced that kind of moment in your life. Okay? These would be very rare instances 
in a situation where lying was the best thing to do. So as I told you before, lying, the Holy Spirit told me when we lie, we open that door that allows a lying spirit to speak to us. The Bible identifies lies as a lying spirit. That's what it's called. From the father of lies. Sent to you. And when you, when you speak, they come to speak to us, and it begins to pervert the truth in your life. And it begins to deceive, and it begins to seduce us all towards evil and darkness. A lying spirit speaks lies to your mind and to your heart. And, it may, and you may start to believe them and act on them. Come on. How many of you told a lie, and you had to do something, another, tell another lie, and two or three more after that? And then you had to do something to kind of prove that your lie was the truth. You had to look for evidence so you'd pr prove your lie was true. Convince people. You see how it perverts the truth? God wants us to know this. He wants us to know the wiles of the enemy. He wants us to know how he secretly tries to get in to our lives. So Proverbs 33, 13. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceit. Hallelujah. Truthful lips will be established forever, but a lying tongue is only for a moment. I love that one. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, your friend, your brethren, one another. For we're members of each other. We're family. We're the family of God. So our cry, as I'm closing here, our cry is... Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. That is in Psalm 120.12. Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. Ephesians 4.15. Speaking truth in love, we are to grow up in every way to him who is the head, to Christ Jesus. Amen? I want to I end with a scripture that's dear to us and, and a lot of the world knows because you see these signs, or you used to see them at least at football games and things. John 3. John 3. But I want to read you beyond the, the part of the scriptures. Uh, I want to read John 3.16 through verse 21. For God so loved the world. I just want to say, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, anybody listening today, if you've never personally asked him to come in and received him as your personal Savior, only Jesus can save you from your sins. He paid the price on the cross to do that. Only Jesus can save your sins. You can't save yourself. No. 
There's only one way. And he did it for us because we couldn't pay the price for our sins. Let's just imagine, how, how can you untangle all the lies you've told that the Lord's reminded you of right here in this service? Right? So I want to read this. If you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Savior, God sent his Son for you today. And all you have to do is ask him into your life. Repent of your sins. Tell him you need him, and he'll be there for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. If you are convicted, let him save you today. Make a fresh commitment to him. Let go of this past. I'm continuing. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But... Those three little words. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. I'm about to read it. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works, his deed, his evil ways would be exposed. Let's stand. The Apostle John told us, he said, he told us, he's part of our family. The Apostle John, the one that laid his head against Jesus' breast. He said, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice truth. That's what John said. What happened at that Passover table when Jesus and the disciples gathered at that table to, to break bread and have a meal that night? They were friends. They were like brothers. 
He'd been together with Jesus on the road for three and a half years. No one at that table expected that one of them, when Jesus said, one of you will betray me, they're like, what? Who? Yeah, one of you is going to betray me before the night is over. Judas didn't just make his decision that night. He'd let, he'd open a door to lies. He'd open the door to the language of Satan. Satan had been talking to him. Satan had been telling him lies. However, he convinced him to do what he did. He told him lies about it. Now it was going to be better. Now he could help. The language of Satan, his native tongue. He went to the Pharisees. He went to the high priests. And he told them lies. And he told them where he was. The betrayer at the table. I don't want to be in that position. I don't want to be one of his disciples that has opened up a door where I can be deceived and I would betray any of you, let alone the one. Because if I betray you, Christ lives in you. I've betrayed him. So as we come here, Lord, we, we I'm going to pray. The Lord, I just want to tell you, the Lord always offers you a way out. You won't have to lie. It's never too late. The enemy lies and says, it's too late. Doesn't he? I'm here to tell you, it's never too late. The enemy lies and says, you can never forgive. You, you won't be forgiven. Your friends won't forgive you. You know, it's, it's going to be too bad. No, you just got to cover this up. It's a lie. Forgiveness is there. God will help you. The enemy says he won't help you. He never has. Look, if he was helping you, how'd you get in this mess? He's a liar. He will be faithful in the moment of temptation to provide you a way out. So, Father, we're here today to confess our sins. Father, we are here today to repent. We are here to say guilty. Lord, forgive us. We're confessing our sins. Save us, Lord. And we're asking you to break the cycle if this has become a habit in our life. Jesus, we know that you died for each one of us while we were yet sinners. And we know that you... You are here to restore all the things that lying has opened up in our lives. We, we bind up all the lying spirits that have come to us. We bind up every lie. 
lying spirit, every assignment on our lives by lying spirits, and all their lives, and we cast them now to the footstool of Jesus today. In Jesus' name, I command them to the footstool of Jesus. We stand on the principle of Matthew 18 and 19 that says, wherever two or three are gathered in your name, and we are gathered in your name, Jesus, that whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed. And Father, we bind those spirits of lies and the hordes of lies, and we command them to the footstool of Jesus to stay there until the day of judgment in the name of Jesus. And Father, we loose truth upon us. We, we release tr the spirit of truth, Jesus himself, the spirit of truth to fill every place inside of us. And in our minds, God, and heal us from the tormentor and the torment of lying. Father, and we ask for you, Jesus, the, the truth. You are the truth, the truth and the way and the life to fill us to the uttermost right now. Fill us to the uttermost. Holy Spirit, come. We ask for the blood of Jesus to cleanse our lips and to cleanse our minds and to cleanse and purify our hearts and our souls and our emotions and, and our body of the lives we've spoken or listened to or responded to. Cleanse us, Lord. We plead the blood of Jesus today. But we ask you, Holy Spirit, to guide us. And we give you permission to convict us powerfully in the moment of temptation. And convict us in lying and in truth and in trusting you, Lord. We pray for your great mercy today we pray for your great mercy father and i would just ask you with me the lies that you've told to yourself lord i'm saying to myself i forgive you kathy for lying to yourself and i break the power of that habit and whatever it is each one of us can do that. Each one of us can do that. And so we thank you for your mercy, and I pray for your great grace to come upon each one of us to empower us to do what your word and what you, what you command of us, Lord. Father, we declare that we trust you, Lord. We trust you. We build trust. I ask you to repair trust where it was broken and where we were the ones that destroyed trust. Lord, I ask for restoration to come now. You are the restorer of the breach. You are the restorer of the breach. Help us in this way. Father, let us be quick to forgive one another. Let us be quick to forgive.
Let us be quick not to judge, Lord, for that you are the judge. Lord, we put our trust in you. And I know that the Lord is going to show you the path to take. Amen? So as we come, let's continue to sweep our houses clean. Amen? Let's get rid of anything in there. Let's get rid of anything in there. Anything. Some of you may still want to come forward and come to the altar. If you still need to do business with God, you're welcome to do that. Nobody will bother you. Nobody will bother you. And um, Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just want to invite you to an understanding. If you would rehearse the words that have been coming these last weeks. John well described it in the vision or the dream experience that he had where the belt of truth was wrapped around the waist of Jesus. He said, don't let go. I want to encourage you to maybe consider this week the fast. I would encourage you to possibly take communion at home this week. Because I believe this next week we're all going to have the opportunity to rehearse and walk out the words that have been coming these last few weeks. I hope that you take it sincerely. Things are not as they appear. And the person that you can stand on is the person of truth, and that's Jesus. And so the Lord is very intent and purposed in what he's trying to invite us into. He always reveals through his voice a preparation for what he's about to do in the earth. And so I just want to encourage you, draw close to those people that you trust. Draw close as a family. Draw close to the word, the truth, the person. Because if you look at the pattern, you can go to the podcast. You can rehearse the words that have been coming these last few weeks. And I'm just asking the Holy Spirit just to impart to your heart. Things are not as they appear. Hold on to the person of Jesus. Hold on to the belt of truth in these next days ahead. And don't let go. Don't let go. We're in the most precious time right now. As a people, as his sons and daughters. Amen. So just a, just a minute. Um, so we just want to we want to bless everyone out there in streaming land. We bless you today. May God be with you this week. His love never fails. 
He loves you so much that he wanted to bring you his message today. He wanted to bring his message to you today. So we bless you for this week. I pray God's favor and abundant blessing be upon you. And that the spirit of truth never leave you. And we just all agree and we glorify him. So we bless you guys as we as we continue our service here today and we bring our offering to the Lord. We just bless you.